You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Today, we are talking about how to manage your budget while caring for an elderly loved one. So it comes as no surprise that Singapore has a fast-aging population. And as such, today I wanted to invite someone who has deep experience in senior care, both from a personal and professional perspective. He is the CEO of Red Crown Senior Living, a co-living company for seniors. Welcome, Joshua. Hello. You and you know, thank it's you always for having me. Good. Yeah, thank you for being here. It's always great to see you know your progress with Red Crowns. But you previously came from a real estate background. So what got you into the aging space? Hmm. Actually, I was trying to find a residential care option for my father. Mm. He was eighty-five in twenty twenty. And that year, he has a series of four. He was in and out of hospital. Mm. And I realized that it's either I get a domestic helper for him mm-hmm. or to a nursing home, mm. which is an institutional way of living. And I don't think he is suitable for that. In my research of options, I come across models in other countries, which is not available in Singapore. So that got my mind thinking, what a solution that I can create. That's how Red Crown started. Did it always start with a co-living concept? Yes, actually. So I I converted my father's home, which is a four-room HDB flat, Mm. into a co-living home where two Mm. other seniors are also living in. I found them from Facebook Mm. and then I got uh, two caregivers to take care of these three seniors. So that is how the first co-living home started. Yeah, I mean, certainly when, you know, when we look at the government statistics for Singapore, right, the proportion of citizens that are age 65 and above. So in 2030, we are really looking at 23.8%, which is almost one in four in the population. And, and certainly when we look at what MOH says, it's, they actually predict that one in two healthy Singaporeans age 65 could develop severe disability in your lifetime and require long-term care, which is where, you know, it's sort of like what you mentioned, right? When your dad had, a, you know, multiple falls and that's when life actually becomes very, very different. Channel News Asia, they also gave a range between, you know, it's a quite large range between Singapore $900 and $4,000 a month before subsidies, depending on whether or not care is provided at home, at a daycare centre or in a nursing home. So when we extend these monthly expenses over an extended period, it actually adds up to quite a lot. So what do you reckon are the top three ways in which families or adult children can manage budgets when caring for elderly loved ones? Mm, Okay, I think that's a good question. Prevention is always better than cure. Mm. So as you mentioned just now, the health span and the lifespan in Singapore is a 10 years gap. Uh, A lot of seniors will be spending about 10 years of their life requiring certain level of assistance and medical care. Mm. So if we can shorten this gap, right, good physical health, uh, good mental health activities, I think it's very important. Mm -hmm. That will reduce the eventual medical care that you will need. Mm. Red Crown Solution, which is a co-living solution where the living and care expenses are shared Mm. by a household of uh, three to four seniors. 
and not to mention they ha- they have companions in the house so they don't have to live alone. Mm. So that brings me to my third point. There are a lot of uh, empty nesters in Singapore, a lot of elderly. So mm. they can actually look to Red Crowns to list their, no, or make their property available on Red Crowns platform to invite other seniors to, to stay with them. Mm. Right? Can bring additional income for them and they can at the same time, share some of this uh, living and care expenses. Mm. Perhaps that would be my three uh, suggestions for the seniors. And certainly, you know, what we've seen in terms of like Singapore, you know, one one thing for seniors is income because we have life expectancies increasing. Mm-hmm. But many people didn't, maybe didn't expect to live so long. So in terms of, yeah. if you look at their lifespan, maybe they're like, you know, we think that from retirement, they're like, okay, we have budgeted for 15 years. Mm-hmm. But then what people are seeing is that they're living way beyond that. So maybe that's like, you're, you could be looking at 30 years ahead of you mm-hmm. and, and the money doesn't last for that many years. And at that age, you know, it's hard for them to think about, oh, you know, how do I get back to the job market or how do I get additional income for myself to pay for my medical bills? So I think what you've actually provided is actually an option for them to monetize what they already have. When it comes to, let's say, if we go into the financials of it. So let's say somebody who is renting, who has a four-room flat, what is the, you know, let's say income that they can expect while having the benefit of being cared for in their own home? Mm, okay, a four-room flat will fetch a rental value of about around $3,000. Mm. And depending on on his health condition, of course, mm. he may pay something between 2000 to um, $3,000. Mm-hmm. And that includes his, uh, his or her daily meals, mm. um, two caregivers, and the activities that we plan for the seniors. Mm. What, you know, what would differentiate a home like this? compared to, you know, a usual home for that matter. It could be HDB, it could be condo, it could be, you know, even landed property. Like, for example, I know, like, in landed property, one of the more expensive things that people will need to put in is usually a lift. Yeah, Unless right. the seniors actually living on the first floor, then mm. they'll make a change in the living arrangements. Mm. In fact, we have a lot of residents that have to move out from their own property because of... Um, conveniences in their house that mm. they find no longer suitable especially when they they are no longer so mobile mm. if they are on a wheelchair on a walking frame these steps really hinder their day-to-day living mm-hmm. yeah. so first and foremost it must be elderly friendly mm. it must be safe so minimal steps there will be some steps but at, um, at HDB there will be steps between the living room and the kitchen for example so mm. all the steps are negotiated safely with the help of grab bar Mm. perhaps non-sleep towels in the in the toilets or generally have more grab bars. Our options at Red Crown's co-living homes is not too much different from a typical HDB flat or condominium because mm-hmm. ultimately it's meant to, meant to be a home-like environment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look institutional. The seniors who move in may, may bring in their own furniture so to make it to, to make it their own space to be, so that they are very familiar and and some of these furniture pieces retain memories, right? So mm. customized to be very personal. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're right because I think the I think there were several subsidies even for you know non-Red Crown homes like when it comes to age-proofing your home, installing like the grab bars, the ramps, yep. especially for like wheelchair-bound seniors. That's right. Uh, how about, you know, in terms of more like the smart home kind of technologies, like mm. is that something that you think would be an important expense or do you foresee yourself putting that kind of hardware into the home? 
so we haven't had a conclusion on which works best, mm. right? I, I think a lot of this new technology also require some sort of uh, market proving. Mm. Uh, yeah, we are experimenting with some of this technology that can help make the home safer. Mm. Mm. And for a cost perspective, I mean, um, you know, with regards to people who are in the Red Crown ecosystem, with regards to the paymasters, right, do you often see that it's the children or the seniors or sometimes the seniors themselves? I would say more than 90% of the time, the, my client would be the children mm. or even the grandchildren of mm. the elderly. Mm. A lot of the children of the seniors, uh, they came to us because the from our website, from the content we put, put online, suggests that it's a very home-like environment. Mm. So they kind of like cross out the stigma of of an old folks' home in a mm. very institutional way of living. A lot of time they will bring the seniors to come and visit the homes, mm. chat with the existing residents. Mm-hmm. They often find that they, they are surprised. They thought, this is, isn't this a regular home? So I thought we are supposed to visit an old folks' home. Mm. Um, of course, the children are also unfamiliar with uh, this very new model. We've been around for two years. Mm. So they would like to visit and understand, talk to the caregivers, talk to the existing residents to see whether this is the kind of arrangement that their parents or grandparents would be comfortable with. Mm. Mm. Like going back to the paymasters, which is the children and mm. grandchildren, do you find that um, they often could maybe underestimate the cost it would take to care for a senior loved one? Or do you think it's the other way around? I think like myself, when I was looking for options for my father, I was mm. very surprised by the, the cost. Mm. Right? Especially if you can't receive subsidies from the government. Mm-hmm. Anything from $3,000, $4,000 for a six-bed dormitory-like ward mm-hmm. to some options are above 5000 to even up to $10,000 per month. Yes. Mm. So when you were faced with that, with all these costs, Mm. that's how you decided to start the first minimum viable product of Red Crowns. At that time, it was just a solution for my father without thinking that it was was an MVP. Mm. Glad that it it works out well and there are more families who are welcome this idea. Through words of mouth, we now have uh, about 200 residents, uh, 40 homes or so. Yeah, over 40 locations, right? And, um, you know, for, let's say for listeners who are, you know, interested in this model from, uh, you know, how can they better monetize their current properties? Mm. Um, what are the things that they should consider beyond the fact that of ensuring that their home is really elder friendly? One very strong proposition we can offer to potential landlords is that we are running the home for a long term, mm. right? We are, we are not like a one-year tenancy mm. because ultimately uh, we hope that all the seniors that move in, they will be aging in place to the, mm. to the end of life. So if you're looking for a long-term peace of mind of someone able to take care of a property well, uh, able to monetize it for a long period of time, I think we can be a good option. Mm. Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, I, what are the minimal size requirements or, you know, are there any other factors to take into account of. So for example, like a, a studio apartment would not make sense mm. for a model like yours. Because it's hard to share, right? Yes. Typically, we have four room HDB flat or apartments with three bedrooms mm-hmm. because each bedroom, say, can stay two people. Mm. Um, that would be uh, six people staying together. So the six number of people are the, the maximum number of unrelated tenants that the uh, Singapore allows mm. right, for rent, rental properties. Mm. We typically don't have any problem if you're looking for locations in a HDB estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Older condominiums that may not be very uh, handicap friendly, mm-hmm. 
even though their their units may be large. Mm. So um, we are we pay more attention when we're looking for condominium units. For HDB, I think most of the time uh, above the expectations. Yes. Right? The, the transportation is convenient. You have uh, market and kopitiam mm. nearby. Grocery shopping is convenient for the elderly. Pretty much okay at mm. all estates in Singapore. Mm. Uh, how about landed property? Because it might have the same issues of like not being that close to, let's say, your local kopitiam or mm. like you know the, those heartland areas. Yeah, is it the same for a condominium? Uh, so same as condominiums. Landed properties will face with its own internal constraint and external constraint. Mm. Internally, they may not have a leaf, mm. so only one room on the ground floor, mm. which may not fully maximize the the home for a co living place for seniors. External environment-wise, it's also may not be near transportation hub. So that is why I think a lot of elderly stay in landed properties are kind of like left on an island and then it's not easy for them to, to go out to get services and to spend time outside. Yeah, you're right. Because even when I speak to, you know, people in the, the aging space, social mm. workers, right, they often say that the seniors who actually live in the landed properties are the ones who fall through the cracks. Mm. Because like social workers immediately they'll always go to solo dwelling seniors, HDB flats, rental mm. apartments. Yep. That is always like the first port of call when they think about which seniors to help. And the typical assumption is that seniors who live in landed property don't require help, where it might not actually be the case. And like you rightly said, because, you know, like if you're an island and and as, as one gets older, sometimes that might be the fear of like falling when they go out. And if they, they're already in a space where they might feel that, you know, first of all, they're not they don't have such close access to, let's say, like Kopitiam or like supermarket, things like that. They mm. wouldn't even feel like going out and they might be very reliant on children or domestic helpers to to bring everything back to the home. Mm. In fact, in my conversation with uh, Agency for Integrated Care, mm. AIC, they have difficulty reaching out to maybe 30% of the elderly population in Singapore. Mm. They're not around, they close their door, they, are, they do not need... Uh, any help even though from an external perspective they certainly need a lot of help and so for listeners who want to find out more about the work that you do where can they find you? you can find our service on our website mm-hmm. which is uh, redcrowns.co which is .co mm. or can write an email to us admin at redcrowns.co cool we will include the links in the show notes thank you so much Joshua for coming down thank you so much Many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in. This has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through the email podcast at melisten.sg or at my Instagram at misfitfi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on Me Listen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from MediaCorp and recorded at Skate Live Studios' The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.